It's all about Southampton. The So So Show with Zoe Hanson and Simon Clark. Hello and welcome to the So So Show with Visit Southampton. Make it a Christmas to remember in Southampton. It's a weekly look at life in the city, hosted by her, Zoe Hanson. And him, Simon Clark. Now this week, we're going to introduce you to the concept of club working. We just wanted to appeal to a, a demographic of people that understood about being around other inspiring people would enable them to do better work. And we're getting very excited for the return of the pantomime at the Mayflower Theatre. Coming out and enjoying live theatre where something can go wrong yeah. is always more exciting than sitting in your living room watching TV on your own or with your family. I cannot wait for some panto action this year. And of course, we'll all be sat there in the theatre with our face masks on, following the announcement that we're moving on to Plan B. Plan B, the performer, he has had so much publicity out of this. (laughs) You know that he's going to be selling loads more albums right now because all of a sudden, Plan B is in your mind. And I saw that in the paper this morning, they'd put up a picture of, here he is now, this is Plan B. (laughs) And it looks like it comes out of nowhere, but... I think, uh, yeah, it must be just all the publicity and the hashtags, right? I bet he's wishing he had a Christmas song out. He would absolutely kill it this year if he'd done one. (laughs) Although it would probably be the world's most angriest Christmas song if his album was anything to go by. But that was such a cracking album. I'm so glad you've mentioned it. I'm going to have to go away and have a listen to that later. Defamation of Strickland Backs. Look, I love Plan B. I've always loved Ben Drew. I think he's amazing. And actually, he's featured quite heavily in my life in that... On the day I found out I was pregnant, I went to a Plan B concert and then I went to a a gig hours before my daughter was born, not realising that I was in labour. I think that the (laughs) bass must have brought it on, you know? I'm glad you've got fond attachments to Plan B because it looks like it's not going anywhere anytime soon. No. And the restrictions did need to come in, you know. I have no problem with wearing a face mask and working from home, you know. No problem at all. But somebody a friend of mine posted on Facebook last night, uh, Leighton. He said, so last year, if you wanted to go to a Christmas party, you had to claim it was a work meeting. This year, if you want to have a work meeting, you have to claim it's a Christmas party. <laughs> very funny, Leighton. It's Great very, line. very true, isn't it? Very true. And do you think that the restrictions are going to put you off partying? Well, uh, do you know what? I've, I've got an invitation to a Christmas party next week and my gut feeling is don't go. I think it's that close to Christmas. I wouldn't want to catch COVID even though I'm vaccinated and all that stuff. I wouldn't want to take it anywhere. So it's sort of, it's my moral compass that goes up. But what I do want to do is support all of these hospitality venues because they make the most of their revenue in December from these parties. So yeah, I'm sort of drawn in both directions. The thing is though, People have been cancelling Christmas parties since way before Omicron became a problem anyway because of the rising infection rates. Yeah. We lost a couple of the parties we were supposed to be doing in the week prior to Omicron being even announced in the media. So there's been a natural hesitance from people thinking, do I want to go to a Christmas party or do I want to see my family at Christmas? Hmm. Yeah, and that's it. You're always drawn, aren't you? And I do feel sorry for the hospitality industry as well for the reasons you've mentioned, but also because they're struggling at the moment with staff at some venues. So in some respects, 
If Christmas parties were cancelled from like the 18th, 19th onwards, at least they would have made some money. But then they won't have to worry about having staff to actually be able to put those parties on in the case of some of the bigger venues that we have in the city who are already struggling a little bit trying to make sure they've got enough people to serve the food. And you're so right. You know, I saw that Grand Cafe, you know, it's a big venue. It's a brilliant party place. And they had a party booked in for Saturday. And that's all been cancelled, postponed, um, and they're looking for somebody to fill the venue. You know, I'm like, I'm just gutted for them. And of course, they would have ordered all the food in. They would have ordered all the wine and the drinks in. So I might just go down there and plough through take it. Take one for the team. Yeah, good <laughs> idea. We'll have, a ta- we'll have a table each yeah. opposite ends of the room. <laughs> Like barons just pulling the legs off turkeys and <laughs> yeah. gnawing down on them. Now, have you heard of the concept of club working? It's something they've been trying at the old Bond store in Southampton, a business community which has a physical space. Liam Doe is one of the people behind it. So club working is a, um, a space that people can come that own small businesses and interact with other small people whilst um, doing their day's work. And the club working bit is it's got a big hospitality element to the to the offer um, so when they come here they feel great and they and it inspires them to have great conversations with other business owners the old bond store i'm presuming there was something going on here years ago what what was it do you know what the building was it was it was a bond store <laughs> so what's a bond i don't know what that is i think it was to stop so you used to store stuff here many years ago to um to save on tax commodities and things like that so the the, the place we're in now that's a big whiskey barrel um that they would have stored whiskey in and apparently if it didn't come into the city walls you didn't have to pay tax on it and I think actually bond stores are still quite um, popular now I think they still exist in the country and I think there's some accountants here that can do the same they can save you tax right yeah yeah the same yeah in a slightly different way a more productive way but but yeah it's the same, it's the same thing and I think I think it's quite interesting because actually it was designed as a place of commerce storing stuff and it still is a place of commerce but just in a more digital way I suppose really I like it I like it so it's it's, it's sort of like a, a daytime nightclub with networking and working and good people. Yeah, that was the plan. So when we started out, we just wanted to appeal to a, a demographic of people that understood about being around other inspiring people would enable them to do better work. And it took its time, but we're, we're now at 65 member businesses working out of here. And we expect to be at full occupancy within six months. And it's interesting because it couldn't have come at a better time. I mean, I know that the pandemic has obviously, it's sent people crazy, but it's made us reimagine how we work. And that nine to five in the office, sitting on the commute, sitting on a train, sitting in traffic. If you've got somewhere like this to come with comfy chairs and a bar and lunch to your table, you know, it's completely different, right? Well, I think so. And I think people are obsessed with making work a place, but it's not really. It's, a, it's an activity. And I think the COVID situation has, has, has enabled people to work from anywhere. So for us, we've benefited because now everyone's built that infrastructure. They've all got laptops and things like that. So now there's a choice to where you work and we just want to be the coolest, most inspiring place on the South Coast. Everybody that sort of moves around the building, if, whether you're going to the loo or moving desks or whatever, everybody has a chat. So everybody gets to know each other. Is that because they've all been to the Friday afternoon four till seven drinks? You get one or two there, but I don't think there's much um, <laughs> business conversation by about half six. <laughs> There's not much conversation at all, really, by about half six. 
Um, yeah, I mean, for, for us, one of the big things for me was to actually interact, you need to share space. And the gym culture, I mean, ultimately, gyms form great communities organically because you have to share the facilities. And for me, one of the biggest things, the best things we did early on was resist the need to give people their own independent space because that's when people close up and they don't, they're not forced to have those conversations. And digitally, uh, we've got a, a, an online portal that they can all talk to each other and we, we monitor that. There's, there's lots of conversations on there and introductions that happen that wouldn't happen in a, in a kind of serviced office or something like that. Do you see this becoming sort of a, a real hub of business? I think already we're probably the biggest physical network in, in the area and I think for us personally it'd be nice to expand this along the south coast but at the moment I think we're just solely focused on attracting great people and getting those conversations going. For us to have this location, such a beautiful location and it, it's inspiring even if you don't get those connections on those particular days you come in. Liam Doe from the Old store talking about club working something new and exciting they've been trying in the city and i reckon those four o'clock friday sessions are probably the most well attended you are absolutely right but it's such a beautiful building and you would you just wouldn't know it from the outside it's just you walk in and it feels like you're walking into a like a really posh nightclub um, and, and then it's got the bar and it's got teas and coffee machine and, you know, oh, it, it, it's absolutely stunning. Back to Christmas for a second. What are you doing on Christmas Day? Are you having people around to you or are you going somewhere else? I mean, look, that's not even a question, is it? I don't think I even organise it. My mum and dad know we will land on their doorstep a couple of days before (laughs) Christmas and I will be expecting food. I've always got that thing after Christmas dinner as well, where I look around at all the kids and I think I'd rather play with them than go and do the washing up because there's a lot of it. Save yourself (laughs) some big Lego to make because that was always my plan. I would happily cook the Christmas dinner. I'd happily spend all morning in the kitchen doing that. But when it was time for the washing up, I'd mysteriously find myself building a Lego Death Star or something that would take about two days. Yeah, perfect. Just sit on the ground and supervise the construction. That's the way to do it. Yes, are you cooking Christmas dinner, Simon? Because you're you're quite the chef. I love cooking Christmas dinner. Although this year I've made the mistake of looking at what the celebrity chefs do because, you know, they always print celebrities giving their top tips on how to cook so they can then flog a few extra copies of the Christmas book that they've got out this year. Of course. It's just a roast. (laughs) And the running theme seems to be from everyone, from Mary Berry to um, Gordon Ramsay to Tom Kerridge, Cook your turkey the day before. The day before? Serve it at room temperature the next day. What? I just can't comprehend that. And and same with roast potatoes as well. I forget which one of them it was, but one of them was saying, yeah, cook them the day before, parboil them the day before, then put them in the fridge and then bring them out and then fry them off for 40 minutes and they'll be absolutely cracked. I'm like, no, <laughs> I haven't got room in the fridge for all that. Where's my trifle going to go if I'm filling it up with roast potatoes that are partially cooked? Exactly. Whilst it's good to get the tea. Tips, you'll find yourself with so much more pressure on yourself if you're cooking a big Christmas dinner this year and you try and seek the counsel of a celebrity chef 
and one of their cookbooks because it's just going to make you feel too much pressure. Yeah, too right. Do what I do. Go somewhere else. (laughs) That's the easy way. And then keep yourself busy afterwards so you don't have to wash up. Exactly. Now, always at this time of year, there's some big family films come out. This year, it's Clifford the Big Red Dog. And I was very, very lucky to be invited by Ed's Easy Diner to come down for a special screening a few days before the film came out. Now, it's all about Clifford the Big Red Dog. You might have seen the books, you might have seen the TV show, but it's a huge red dog and he is super, super cute. So we went to Ed's Easy Diner. Now, they've got this big red menu. So there's a platter. So you get ribs and chicken and coleslaw and chips and... Harburn. Onion rings and and harburn, yeah, yeah. Um, But... I thought I was in keeping with the film. I couldn't get through all the food, so I had a doggy bag. Get it? And how long did that last you out of interest? Were you still eating it on Tuesday? Yes, I was, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the film is super cute, right? But once you get past Jack Whitehall with his American accent, because he's sort of known for his very posh English accent, isn't it? Very much so. So you have to sort of acclimatise yourself with it and then you can watch the film and just enjoy it. If you've got kids, they will love it. Did it reignite the conversation about whether or not you could get a dog? Well, yes. Yes. All the way home I have. Can we have a dog? Oh, I want a dog. I want a Clifford. (laughs) Well, you're not going to have a Clifford. We'd never be able to have a dog that big. We'd never be able to have a dog anyway. However, I did offer to dye the hamster we have called George. I did offer to dye him red. Um, That didn't go down so well either. You say it didn't go down very well, but I wouldn't be surprised if you don't wake up in the next week and find that she's done that for you already just to see what he looks like. Can you imagine that? You wake up and George has turned red. At least he'd be easier to spot if he escapes at your parents this year. Yes, good shout. Now, we're all going out on Tuesday next week because it is the press... Because it is the press night for the Mayflowers pantomime, and I cannot wait to get back into a panto. This year's production of Cinderella has a cast including Sooty, the lovely Debbie McGee, and the return of Craig Revel Hallward, who's been to the Mayflower many times before. I was here playing uh, Miss Hannigan in Annie, which I adored. That was amazing. And also several pantos. I've played the Wicked Queen here several times as well, and a lot of my shows like Sister Act and Spend, 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 all of those shows that I've done in the past, you know, directed and choreographed, have all come here as well. So for me, it's like coming home. And plus, for seven years, I've been living in Hampshire just up the road. So it's been fantastic the last seven years uh, living in Hampshire. I've enjoyed it enormously. I've had so much fun here. And plus, we've filmed loads of stuff, you know, with Alan Titchmarsh, because he lives around the corner, and James Martin, of course. And Debbie, have you been and played in the Mayflower Theatre before. Have you been to Southampton? I have. I played here many years ago with the Paul Daniels Magic Show on tour. Um, But I've come to see lots of things here. In fact, I saw Craig in Annie. Um, I came to see the Glenn Miller story with Tommy Steele just a few years ago. I drove all the way to see a matinee. And I came to see the Panto here the year you had Suzanne Shaw and Steve McFadden and Joe McKeldry um, and saw the Panto. So I can't wait to actually be here for a season 
Jason, as we yes. call it in the business. And just Panto's wonderful. I mean, it's just so exciting. And just sitting as we are now in the auditorium of this theatre, I think people who live here, who come here, have no idea how lucky they are that it's a very special theatre. I think that the last 18 months has made us all appreciate it so much more. And the excitement of having a Panto after not having one last year. How excited are you to be in pantomime again? Oh, I mean... Especially, I think, this one isn't just a panto. It's a huge production. It's all the sets and costumes from the Palladium, which, you know, it, it is bigger and better than any other panto around. That's not showing off. It's just I don't want people to miss it because, because of that. Um, but also, I think that what people have now realised is what we as thespians have been telling everybody. Coming out and enjoying live theatre where something can go wrong... Yeah. <laughs> is always more exciting than sitting in your living room watching TV on your own or with your family. Panto, everybody joins in. And there is always that moment where something goes wrong or I'm sure Craig will make me corpse and giggle because I'm a real giggler. Um, so, you know, they've got that to look forward to. Every performance will be different. And Panto is so good for that, isn't it? Do you have little challenges, I don't know, to get a word in or to throw somebody off their lines a little bit? Craig looks a little bit mysterious. Devious there. <laughs> no, the challenge for me is remembering the lines. <laughs> that is the biggest one because yeah. I'm getting to an age now where I'm like, oh, that's a big monologue, darling. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it goes wrong a lot. But I like that because you can get out of it, you know, and it's not like uh, doing Shakespeare where you have to be word for word. And you can slightly go off script a little bit here and there, you know, and I think that makes it fun. You know, you don't want to be playing it completely straight. Well, I couldn't, darling. That's not in my. That's certainly not my nature. And um, plus, it's uh, just really great on stage with other people when you can include the audience because we never have like on stage in jokes or anything. So it's always it's always audience inclusive, and that's what I love about it. You know, if something does go wrong and someone like tries to get you out of it and you're digging yourself a grave, then uh, the audience will know about it. <laughs> but that is the fun and beauty of the whole structure of pantomime. You know. We didn't have this in Australia when I was growing up. So for me, it was something new. And I always regarded it as one of the lowest art forms in the world. I've got to be honest, until I did one. And then I was shocked how difficult it was to do. It was like doing a full on musical and especially these pantomimes, the crossroad ones, uh, previously uh, kudos ones. You know, they are written like musicals and it's hard, hard work. I mean, it's literally the same length of time as a normal musical as well, which is incredible. And you're doing, you know, so many shows back to back. It might be like three shows a day. Singing, dancing, acting. It's exhausting. So you've got to get your supply of uh, vitamins and minerals and stuff in and make sure you're eating well and looking after yourself, obviously, because it is literally two shows a day. And it's exhausting. And, of course, I don't get a day off because I'm doing Strictly on the Saturdays. We love it when Strictly comes round, you know. That's Saturday nights all the way up until Christmas then, isn't it? Well, every time uh, I... Here, da, 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 ba, 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 
that, I think, oh, I've got to start learning panto now. <laughs> that's, that's your cue, is it? My cue. That's what terrifies me more than anything else. Going on stage on opening night, under-rehearsed. I can't bear it. But I suffer it for my art, darling, at the expense of looking stupid in front of thousands of people. You know, it's great, though. And bring it on. You know, I think you've got to be a brave person to walk on this stage and sing, dance and act. Oh, absolutely. You know? <laughs> it's really hard. But uh, I think once you get over the initial shock of it, and it will be a shock because it's been two years. Well, last year. <laughs> so, hello. <laughs> I'll have Sunday lunch on if you really need it. All right. <laughs> I, what I'm really excited about, you know, when Craig is talking and was just talking about the panto, he does. there is a sparkle that comes into his eyes. And I think because we've both been in the business so long, I'm already laughing because I am a giggler that I know there's going to be moments that I'll forget my lines and he's going to take the mickey out of me and I will certainly take the mickey out of him if he forgets his. <laughs> well, um, don't worry. Uh, I've uh, done it every yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> and because we're experienced, we know how to do it in a way the audience will just love it because they always do. Yes. So for me, I am kind of feel like I'm wrapped in a blanket right. because sometimes you work with somebody you've never worked before who can't actually deal with that mm. or can't take the mickey. Yeah. Um, where we know <laughs> we can. I we think we're we going to be a yeah. bit naughty. But the audience you two need like to sit it. at the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should. But unfortunately, we've got leading roles. Yeah. <laughs> We've been pushed to centre yeah. stage, darling. Also, the other thing that Craig just said um, is that what people don't realise, when you do panto, it is like a full-blown musical, but you only get a week to rehearse, really, because by yeah. the time you've had half a day to travel somewhere and whatever. So that's why you never feel rehearsed. <laughs> the opening, it always takes me six shows before I feel I'm like I've same. got my slippers on good. <laughs> exactly right, so six show, that's the one we're coming to. <laughs> they come to the first one. Yes, That's always yeah. the funniest. Yeah. I've had to walk off stage before to get my lines from stage management. Well. <laughs> Cinderella runs at the Mayflower Theatre from December the 10th to January the 2nd, excluding Saturdays, because Craig's got something else in his diary. Oh, yes, what could that be? Da, 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 da. <laughs> They've done well to get this far without losing anyone to COVID, and uh, fingers crossed they're able yeah. to get to the final with that as well. So I had a bit of an embarrassing situation this week um every now and again i have a clear out and i put stuff on face bay and ebay and whatever and i had somebody coming to pick up a christmas dress for an eight-year-old um and when they were trying to find the house they just couldn't find it so they were driving up and down the road and they messaged me to say we can't find your place so i stood out on the end of the drive with a red sparkly fluffy dress um waving it in the air thinking that must be the car i reckon 10 cars went past <laughs> with me waving a christmas dress in the air <laughs> making it like a sort of matador, you know, da -da 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 -da, come over here. They probably drove on very cautiously thinking <laughs> that you'd been waving a glittery red warning flag that there was a hazard ahead. <laughs>
I think there's going to be a lot of people buying secondhand this year. In fact, there was a report in the paper the other day saying there's an increasing trend in people buying secondhand this Christmas. And you can kind of understand why, because budgets are getting tighter. But I think the other reason why there's so much good stuff available secondhand is because people have been ordering things online to try it on and then send it back if it doesn't fit, which is the culture that we've ended up in the last few years. Yeah. But because of Brexit, if you have to send something back that you've unknowingly had shipped from Europe... It's such a faff trying to send it back, filling in the customs forms in triplicate just to be able to return a maxi dress that you bought that actually wasn't right for you after all. So people are just thinking, do you know what, for for the faff this is going to involve, I'll just take the hit for... 10 quid or whatever and just sell it on on ebay and that's why i think so many people are heading to ebay because there's so much good stuff there and you always get a bargain don't you i love it i love it i you know especially with like kids clothes they're never worn out you know they're always good to go because they've only been worn three or four times really so yeah i love all of that i love handing stuff on as well we have a bag in our spare room for any clothes that come out of lois's wardrobe that are too small they go to a friend of mine um Shirley and she divvies it up with all of her neighbours because they've all got kids about the same age. It was very funny in the summer when we arrived at a party, a kids party, and there were three or four kids wearing Lois's old outfits. <laughs> I used to do exactly the same with Georgina's stuff when uh, she was um, around 10 or 11. There was a friend of mine who lived around the corner with a couple of young girls and they would have a lot of Georgina's cast-offs and they get twice <laughs> the use out of it because the eldest would wear it first and then yeah. that gets passed down to the youngest. It's a perfect storm, isn't it? So should we have some what's-ons? With Visit Southampton, make it a Christmas to remember in Southampton. Now this is very exciting. I don't know that this has happened before, but because Christmas Day and New Year's Day are on a Saturday, Park Run, a lot of them, will still be running. There's so much community involved in events like Park Run. I reckon the Christmas Day one will be a fantastic turnout. New Year's Day, maybe less so, although that could just be what you need if you're nursing a hangover, I guess. (laughs) Get out in the fresh air, go and run 5k. But I think actually on Christmas Day, this could work to all of our benefit. Because if you get up and go to your park run, Itchin Valley, I know, is still doing theirs. Um, If you get up and go to your park run on Christmas Day, you will have created a deficit of calories that means that you can just eat what ever you can plow through that box of celebrations in the afternoon <laughs> have you signed up for the nearest one to your mum's house yet uh no i'm, I'm gonna think about getting around that <laughs> i reckon there will be so many people in fancy dress for that park run as well if it takes place on christmas day that's brilliant what else is going on very exciting bastille and i know you're a fan simon they are playing a very intimate gig in february in southampton at the brook That's cool, right? This has got all the hallmarks of a band who haven't played live together for about two years and want to just check they can remember how to do it. Yeah. But it will be such an amazing atmosphere as well. Good luck if there are still tickets available for that. You'll have a brilliant time. On until the 24th of December, all the way through December, it's the Christmas walking trail, completely free. There's two routes to take all around Southampton city centre. And at the end, you get a prize as well. 
Who doesn't love that? The kids will love it. Means you're out in the fresh air. Yep, good stuff. It's a perfect distraction for one of you to take the kids out while the other maybe does a little bit of sly Christmas shopping. Oh, yes, good shouts. On the 21st of December, we know that at least one song's going to make you feel Christmassy. Boney M are going to play the Guildhall. I reckon that'll be an awesome gig. I think they're very much an acquired taste, but if it's your bag, (laughs) you'll have a fantastic time. The Berry Theatre are going all Christmas. Christmas Eve. They've got one snowy night on until the 30th of December. And a little heads up for next year in January at the Mast Mayflower Studios, Gangster Granny is on. Which will be so popular because so many kids have read the book and there was the TV Christmas special a few years ago as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's all good. They do some wonderful little productions at the Berry Theatre too. Yeah, that's super cute, that venue. It is, it is, it is. Well, look, that's us done for this week. Thank you very much for getting involved in our socials. If you're not already following the So So Show socials, make sure you do because we give all kinds of cool stuff away on there. What have we given away recently? So we've given away tickets to the Mayflower Theatre Pantomime Cinderella. We've given away some of skincare, which is just brilliant. And uh, a voucher to go and have dinner and cocktails at Artsy Lounge in Southampton. Coming up, keep your eyes peeled on the socials because Mask Mayflower Studios are putting on Peter Pan and we have tickets. Fantastic stuff. So find the So So Show socials and get involved. If you spot something happening that you think we should be talking about, we'd love to hear from you too. Have a great week, Zoe. And you, Simon. And thank you for listening. You've been listening to Zoe Hanson and Simon Clark on Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. 